This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports' top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Hello, hockey fans. Welcome into another edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score and the I'm Fat Podcast. Jay, we just spoke a couple of days ago, but it did. We needed to do another edition yeah. because there is a ton of Blackhawks news going on right now. I would even say a butt ton. There That's, is a- you know what? <laughs> Aha, uh-huh. it was a hot button. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, I guess so. That thanks for bailing me out of that. Yeah, uh feel free to get in touch with us. Really easy to do. Uh at Madhouse Pod on Twitter, madhousepod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod, which will become much more active uh in the coming weeks and such. I, I'm I got an I got an Instagram lesson from my wife who handles these sort of things. So we're gonna be souping up the, the Instagram account a little bit, have some interactive polls on there and stuff, which we did this week. So follow us there, Madhouse underscore pod, and on Facebook, Madhouse Hockey CHI. So some news, a little bit of news, you think? Oh, Corey, a little, huh? Yeah. Corey Crawford participated in the scrimmage on Saturday and confirmed that he was indeed out with COVID-19. Brent Seabrook revealed he will not be part of the Blackhawks postseason roster. Now, my guy Charlie Romeliotis just returned a text of mine because I asked him to confirm if Seabrook doesn't go now, he can't join them later, right? He said technically he can, contrary to what Stan said. Uh, so if he strings together a few positive tests in a row, he would be allowed inside the bubble. So if the Hawks beat the Oilers, it's not 100% certain that Brent Seabrook would be off. But James, based on the comments he made uh, Friday, it doesn't sound like uh, he's he's imagining himself as part of the roster here. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because like that news came out that Seabrook wasn't going to be traveling to Edmonton with the Blackhawks. I mean, we had seen he had been largely on the third and fourth pairings and practices anyway. It's not like the Blackhawks were probably anticipating that he was going to be ready. I know there was like kind of a feeling out process going on there. and But right now, what seems kind of unclear 
is whether he's being held out because of medical reasons, like because his shoulders and his hip or shoulder, excuse me, and his hips maybe aren't up to where they need to be to play right now, and he's still kind of working towards it. Or if it's like something else, just based on some of the things that Brent Seabrook said, I have a quote here from him that I thought was really interesting and kind of illustrates the uncertainty surrounding this whole thing. It's from his uh, press availability yesterday. Seabrook said, quote, I don't know where my place is here with the Blackhawks. That's a question for Stan and Jeremy. As far as the NHL goes, I know that I can be an impact player on a hockey club. This time off has re-energized me to be better. So Seabrook is saying things like that and saying that he's not traveling with the team to Edmonton, and yet he still scrimmaged with them today and had a really actually a nice goal against Corey Crawford during that scrimmage. I was watching a little bit of it earlier. This whole thing is just like so like weirdly uncertain. Like, is Brent Seabrook just not healthy enough to play or do Jeremy Colleton and or Stan Bowman think that he's not one of the team's top six blue liners going into this uh, playoff run, especially with Calvin DeHaan and um, Murphy? Oh, why am I drawing a bl- total blank here? Calvin Connor- DeHaan and Connor Murphy yep. rejoining the team. Like, I honestly don't – I don't really have a good beat on what's going on here. Do you? Well, no. And the other thing is it's not only they don't think he's a top six, they don't think he's a top seven or eight, right? Because they're not going to travel with just six defensemen. And I would imagine they're going to have to have extra players inside the bubble with them ready to go in case somebody gets sick or somebody gets hurt. Uh, You know, all these things are sort of fluid, but for him to not travel with the team to me is very surprising. And we talked about it on the last podcast we did about how the decision about Brent Seabrook's postseason this year could say a lot towards his future with the team. I don't think it's any secret that he has not been thrilled with things since Jeremy Cowlton came over. And look, we talked about this on the last show too. Jeremy Cowton played the best defenseman. And when Brent Seabrook was healthy, he was not among their top six. That's a fact. As much as he's accomplished, everybody knows how much I love Brent Seabrook and how I still defend him to this day. But the fact of the matter was he was not one of their best six defensemen. He did not deserve to play. So he didn't. And that pissed Brent Seabrook off. I get that. Brent Seabrook's a hell of a competitor, but I don't think fans should be mad at Jeremy Cowlton for playing the players that deserve to play, and that's what he did. So I get why Seabrook's annoyed. I get why he's pissed. I get why he doesn't like Jeremy Cowlton. But Brent Seabrook's not the Brent Seabrook of old, and Jeremy Cowlton has to do the best thing for this team to win. And it's tough for me to say that maybe Brent Seabrook is not one of the Hawks' six, seven, eight best defensemen right now. Um, I'd like to see him travel. I would. I'd like to see him be part of things. I'd like to see them give him a try at some point. Um, but hey, they ha- they're much closer to this than we are. They know how the prospects look. I just would feel a little bit safer with Brent Seabrook going into a playoff series. But if he's not up to snuff, if he's not ready to go, you know, one loss like we talked about with Crawford last week, one loss could be critical to the series. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a tough place to be for sure. And it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where Brent Seabrook is actually going to be able to like ratchet up to NHL caliber level, not participating in practices with the team and not being in the bubble with the team. Like I don't see how off-site workouts are going to be able to get him up to the level that he would need to be in order to participate. So I know that obviously Charlie said that he's not necessarily ruled out for the remainder of any postseason run for the Blackhawks if he doesn't make the trip with them to Edmonton. 
I'm I'm finding it hard to envision a scenario where he would end up like jumping back in and say like the Stanley Cup quarterfinals just because I don't I don't see how he could possibly be better prepared to do that from outside the bubble rather than inside the bubble. Yeah, I agree with you. And and just sort of the way everybody's talking around it sounds like he's out. Sounds like he's not going to be part of things, which is you know, for a guy to battle back, to work hard, to come back during this thing, which was unexpected. You know, no, no one even knew if the season was going to resume at all. Right. Um, look, I, I'm I'm all for giving him a full opportunity whenever next season begins, um, be it October, November, December, whatever they decide to do. Um, but, I mean, he's going to have to play before they can do anything with him. No team is going to trade for Brent Seabrook sight unseen, right? No one's going to say, like, well – Reports from scrimmages are that he looked okay. Let's trade. I'm sorry, for him. Jay. You mean that a guy with four years left on a deal that pays him almost seven million dollars and is already 35 years old isn't like a hot commodity? Well, the only opportunity would be another dump, like they did with Hosa, like they did with so many players in the past, where they have to give up a top prospect or a good prospect to make it happen. But Brent Seabrook doesn't sound like a guy who's ready to just like you know, stay on long-term injured reserve the rest of his contract. He sounds like a guy who wants to play and sounds like a guy, like a guy who would put up a fight if he was included in a deal like that. And with the no moving clause, he has say the Hawks yeah. can't just dump him to Arizona without his permission. He's got, if they feel like moving him, they have to go to him and say, look, we need to move you. Do you agree with this? And he'll say, no, I'm not going to go to Arizona or wherever and just, you know, stay home for the next four years of my contract. No, I want to play. So for the record, it won't be Arizona. They have the highest uh, cap hit right now in the entire yeah, NHL. I'm just, you know, throwing out rando team. Um, but yeah, I know so, what you mean. It, I just, I just, I always find that funny. So I always have to bring that up. Like Arizona went from this team that was collecting all these bad contracts to get to the cap floor seemingly. And now all of a sudden they have the highest cap hit in the entire NHL. Well, we're going to get to just, some Arizona news, uh, here in a little bit, but let's get to Corey Crawford, um, back with the team Saturday practiced, uh, in the scrimmage, gave up some goals, but it's going to take some time for him to see the puck again and, uh, to get the feel back. But from what everybody said, they said we're going to get him ready as quickly as we can. James, if you're a betting man, we are one week away from game one, almost actually to the minute <laughs> as we're recording this, a week away from game one. Is Corey Crawford the Blackhawks goalie game one in Edmonton? Well, clearly, I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about because I <laughs> did not think that Corey Crawford was going to be back on the ice with the Blackhawks. And even when they were starting to kind of like do the whispering, like, oh, he might be ready. Oh, he might be ready. I was like, nah, they were real. They didn't really seem all that like optimistic about him initially. But my how things change. So with that gigantic grain of salt in mind. I would say they wouldn't have brought Corey Crawford back unless they fully intended to have him be their starter in game one against Edmonton. I think barring a setback, barring like a, you know, a medical issue with like, you know, recovering from COVID like Crawford today discussing the virus said that he had been really laying off of physical activity to make sure that his heart and his lungs were good. Like that's scary stuff for an athlete to be talking about. But as we've seen with the, with several athletes who have tested positive for COVID, whether it was Freddie Freeman with the Braves, who was running 104.5 degree fever and was literally praying to God that he wouldn't die 
when he had this or with Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox who said that he could potentially have heart damage from his battle with COVID. Like, it's just, it's insane to me to hear these stories. And yet Crawford, several weeks out from a COVID diagnosis, could potentially be coming back and potentially playing in a huge situation for the Blackhawks. So those caveats in mind, like, I think they're fully intending to have him be the starter and bringing him back now. But man, it's scary to hear some of these stories and to hear, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm hopping right back into this thing. Like, yeah. there's so much about this virus we don't know, and it's just so unnerving to hear him talk about his experience. And it was really kind of frightening, honestly, to hear that today. Well, the first time I really, I mean, look, everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of John Prine, and John Prine passed away from COVID very early on into this thing. But John Prine was an old man. John Prine was a, a musician with health problems. But when I heard Tommy Hadovy, the Cubs pitching coach, detail what he went through with COVID on the score, saying it was like the worst month of his life and he felt terrible. And, and, and I don't know if he said he feared for his life, but he sort of alluded to that, right? Like, I didn't know if I was going to get better. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, those sort of things. When you hear these guys in the prime of their health, Tommy Hadovy's under 40 years old. Uh, and looks like a major league player. He's kind of built like Kyle Hendricks, right? So not the guy you would imagine being devastated by an injury, but everybody's different. Everybody is hit by this thing in a different way. Um, and I, I'm confident in the Hawks not trying to rush Crawford back. Um, and, and did he give, I missed this, and uh, forgive me, did he give like a how long ago it was when he had it like was it two months ago was it a week ago like how long ago was he dealing with it did he, did he I don't believe I don't believe he gave a specific number I do know that he said it took several weeks and like it was very the only like real symptoms he had experienced I think were like kind of early on and they were more like flu symptoms than anything else like he kind of he just he said that they were just very cautious you know just with the whole thing like obviously he uh, missed all of phase two of camp. He missed all like most of phase three. Like they're literally what traveling to Edmonton like tonight or something. Mm-hmm. Like he just he was very clear. I think that they they played very cautious with this illness. And I don't know if he specified how long it took, but it clearly was several weeks. Yeah, that he had tested positive for COVID and he just had gone through a lot of, you know, steps to come back from it. And he said he feels good and he's hoping to ramp up fairly quickly. It just it's it's amazing to hear that kind of a story from, again, a guy who is a professional athlete having to go through these struggles. Yeah. Well, we said Thursday, you know, do you take Corey Crawford at 60 percent or do you take Calendelia or Malcolm Subban? And you and I both agreed that a not fully. Uh, not 100% Corey Crawford is probably a better option than those two. We're going to find out. It looks like we're about to find out. So uh, we have our answer. And I know, look, like, it's not good that he had COVID, but I think it's 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 good that the concussion thing didn't come back. It's good that it wasn't something else. And it, it, he apparently has recovered enough to get back on the ice. So I guess good news for Corey Crawford. I just hope that they can get him ready in time. All right, this is one of those short little episodes. We're going to take a quick timeout. We're going to update some news from around the league uh, regarding the Arizona Coyotes and potentially, maybe, sort of, kind of, the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll explain next on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mm, 
Mmm, grilled onions? And a butter bagel too? Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm, ba I participate in McDonald's. London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG, open makes more possible. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski out here in Homewood. James Naveau out there in Bourbon A. And by the way, Saturday, join James and I on Hot Mike for a live broadcast during the game. You could watch the game with us Saturday at 2 p.m. James and I will be live from my backyard on Hot Mike <laughs> watching the game with you guys. It's going to be fun. Download that app at Hot Mike uh, in the App Store, the Google Play Store, wherever you get your apps. Uh, hotmike.io is a website make sure when you sign up you use that promo code madhouse that helps us out uh, it's free everything's free but just you know when you say how did you hear about us make sure you enter that code madhouse so join us there we also want to thank our sponsors triple threat sports marishka's fry the coop and dr squatch make sure you use that promo code madhouse at dr squatch as well to save so a little bit of strange news james coming out today saturday about the arizona coyotes situation john chica their GM, uh, some uncertainty on his current role with the team and things going on about that. So what I've been able and James has been able to sort of determine is during the, the during the quarantine, during uh, the, the stay at home, whatever you want to call it, John Chica had an opportunity to interview for a non-lateral job. Um, and that put a strain on the relationship between him and the Coyotes, even though the Coyotes granted the opportunity for the conversation, something has happened where that relationship is strained. As far as we know, right now, 2 p.m. on Saturday, Chica is still the Coyotes GM. Now, Craig Morgan, a Coyotes reporter, says the opportunity was not hockey-related. So I know when we found out, you know, John McDonough was fired and they were considering some revamping of the front office, John Chica's name was one of the first names to come up for the Blackhawks hockey operations, like Theo Epstein-type role it appears that whatever this job was that he interviewed for was not hockey related so who knows i i don't know if this means anything for the hawks maybe they want it i mean i don't know i don't it it doesn't seem like it at this point but you know people try to mix up the news story to hide some things here and there um i've done some asking no one really seems to know um so i don't know that that but it, it struck me when i saw wait a minute john chica is in the news for interviewing for another job, that certainly sounds like something the Hawks would have interest in. Yeah, certainly so. And, like, it it was very weird to me to see the fact that it wasn't necessarily another hockey job that he had been kind of vying for. Like, I was kind of – I was trying to wonder if that means that he's stepping out of, like, the hockey industry, like, completely. Like, is he going, like, private sector or something weird like that? Or is it, like, another – like, something like – he wants to be like almost like a John McDonough type where he kind of oversees everything about a team, like including the business aspects of it. Like would the Blackhawks consider doing something like that? Like instead of just like shaking up their hockey ops and kind of adding in like a president, like a Theo Epstein type, would they just keep everything under that same umbrella and have him do the John McDonough job? Like I'm not, not really sure how I feel about that. I feel like that role is kind of, more suited probably to a 
I guess like a business type. Like I don't really know like what Chica's qualifications for strictly the McDonough type job would be. Yeah. Uh, oh, my voice is cracked. Yeah, that is. Um, I don't know. And and I guess technically that wouldn't be a quote unquote hockey job if he was like the czar of the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't know. That, but those words are doing it, a lot of work when you put the air quotes around them like that. By the way, how is it not a hockey job though? It's still a hockey job. Like if you said like what industry did John McDonough work in? Hockey. Hockey. Right. So yeah. I don't know. We're probably making something out of nothing, but I did just think it was very interesting that that name popped up, that it was about another opportunity, and that definitely set off some warning bells in my head of like, wait a minute, did the Hawks try to talk to him? Because um, it makes all the sense in the world. You're looking for a young guy uh, who's had some success in a lower market, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he certainly fits the bill for the hockey ops side of things. The other portion of this is the Hawks just reshuffled everything on the hockey op side. Guys got promoted, demoted, moved, shifted here and there. I don't know if they're going to do that and then make a huge sudden shift in their hockey ops department a few months later. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe it's part of the evaluation process. Like, let's see how this guy does with better opportunity. But if you, I feel like if you're thinking about making a move in a hockey ops department, you probably do that as soon as the Blackhawks are eliminated. Like, the minute they're done... Bowman's out or reassigned and you know whatever you want to do with Cowleton and you bring in the new staff right away and give them the offseason to work with this new philosophy um, it just doesn't seem like right now that's the direction the Hawks are going I don't know anything can happen and we had no indication that John McDonough was going to get fired and it happened so who knows but as of now it doesn't seem like the Chica thing is Blackhawks related even though earlier in the day it certainly felt like it to me I mean, welcome to 2020, dude, where nothing is certain. Like, seriously, like, do we we <laughs> last week we were talking about like whether Brent Seabrook was going to be in like the top three pairings in Edmonton and whether Corey Crawford would be back. And now all of a sudden, like the roles are reversed and there's talk again about like the Blackhawks run office. Like there's so much uncertainty going on around literally everything right now. So it's kind of fitting that. It's going on in all of these uh, hockey areas as well. And by the way, the playoffs start in a freaking week. Yes. Good grief, man. <laughs> Everything is happening. Like, we just need to, like, bust that gif out, apparently. Yeah. Everything's fine. The world's on fire. Everything's fine. Well, James just let us there. A reminder to join us on Hot Mike on Saturday, 2 p.m. You'll go to your Hot Mike app. Use that promo code MADHOUSE if you haven't signed up already. And just watch the game with us. You can chat with us during the feed. There'll be some moments of silence as James and I focus on the game, but we'll be there watching the game with you. Hotmike.io is the website if you want to sign up there and set. But it's going to be a really good time. With that, we're going to wrap things up on this mini episode, but we'll talk to you uh, probably a couple times next week ahead of the series. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast from my partner James Naveau. I'm Jay Zawoski. Have a great rest of your weekend. We will talk to you later this week. Hockey is near. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop.
It's time for some straight talk. Tax returns could look a little different this year. So when the big carriers start trying to get you to splurge on the latest nonsense, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199. Plus, get our unlimited plan with no contract on America's best networks for up to 50% less. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, <laughs> oh, babe, just a few. <laughs> All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. <laughs> the smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.